Home fans. Hope you're enjoying this beautiful weather and it is Derby Day. I have my mint ready. How are you, Carl Middleman? Are you having it with a julep or are you just having it with a tea? I'm having it with just a having tea. it with a Julie. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> that's Julie uh-huh. Lally. Uh-huh. Well, welcome, Julie <laughs> Lally. She is our a wonderfully uh, woke in PR in St. Louis. Our, our go-to PR woman, aren't you? For all things Thank entertainment. You. We'll talk to our guest, Julie Lally, and wrap up the Oscars next. Around minute 15, The Mitchells versus The Machines on Netflix. Around minute 26, Four Good Days. Around minute 36, we'll talk about the old Dana Carvey show and the history of late night. Around minute 40, Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Around minute 45, The Virtuoso. Around minute 49, Limbo. Around minute 51, we'll talk about Julie's events like drive-in STL, graduations, Clementine's Ice Creamery, and the St. Louis scavenger hunt. Yeah, we, we um, gosh, how long have we known each other, you guys? We go way back. A since while. You were way, at way the, back. Since you were at the Fox. Mm-hmm. And like and I started around... the Fox in 98. Yeah, because wow. I started reviewing at the Fox in 2005. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I started reviewing the rep and the Fox. I was the promotions director of the uh, oldies station, KC95, at the same time that you were there. So we would do promotions together. Mm Mm-hmm. I remember. You got to do when Wicked first came to town. Yes. Wicked, Lion King, the producers, the Radio City Rockets, all those big tours. Um, I got to work on them the first time they came through St. Louis. It was a and, lot of fun. Uh, Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, which, yes, I've seen that show probably a dozen times. <laughs> Remember <laughs> when, I mean, St. Louis, the, the Wicked uh, Wicked, and Mamma Mia are like two shows St. Louis is known for. They sell out every time they come here. Yep. And the Fox is such a huge theater. So, you know, if you book it for a month run, three or four weeks, you can really fill it up a lot of people so but i miss seeing you guys at the movie screenings yes we'd always catch up up. yes and uh you would always have good insight as to the movies as a reviewer that has I, i mean not a reviewer but as an audience member that has no stake in the movie right well, now uh, we will talk about uh, the uh, wrap up to the very long award season and another horse race that's not that's, uh, that's not really a horse race. Yeah, no, the uh, it's Netflix was the big winner Oscar night with seven awards, followed by Disney with five. But what did you think of the ceremony? Um, at times it was good and at times it was bad and they took a gamble and they lost. Yeah, I, uh, uh, this is how I determined it. I thought the awards were an A, but the ceremony was a D because they, uh, as Bill Maher said last night, they dared to entertain. They were like, uh, <laughs> no laughs, no laughs, no clips no songs well it was 
they tried. It started off great with that Stephen Sondheim Ocean's Eleven long track of Regina King walking in the building. Mm -hmm. Soderbergh. Oh, Soderbergh. Who did I say? Sondheim. Sondheim. Oh. <laughs> see, that if she would have broken out into song, that would have been great. Right. And uh, she started it out well. And then all of a sudden you noticed that they're not going to cut off anybody's speeches. That I was fine with that because then you wouldn't have had um, our the director of another round to get to tell his sad story. Oh, he, they would have cut him off right before that happened. And that was a good story to tell. That was a good story to tell. And Daniel Kaluuya was funny just for his mother's uh, yeah, her reaction. What yeah, that was Daniel Kaluuya didn't know how to wrap it up. And then he just, yeah, thanks for my parents had sex. Yay. <laughs> well, to me, the two best speeches of the night were Tyler Perry's acceptance speech. It was for a good speech. Humanitarian award and about rejecting hate. And then uh, the grandma in Minari was Hitting a bet. Brad, Brad Pitt. Oh my God. Well, he, for many people, they didn't realize that he produced the movie. His yeah, plan B. You heard her say you never showed up to our set once. <laughs> I know that was pretty funny. And then John Batiste, who to me just oozes joy. You like goodness. him anyway. He could have said he could have read the phone book and you would have been fine. I know, but it was so beautiful. I get his, uh, his girlfriend's, um, daily journal every day Suleika she writes in during isolation she wrote what was called the isolation journal and so Monday she wrote about him winning and they have known each other since band camp when they were kids since this one time at band yeah. camp <laughs> yeah. isn't, that ador isn't that adorable I just love that but Pete Doctor who is one of our uh, big favorites from Pixar. He now has won three animated features. Deserved. Yes. So that's a record. I liked all the records. There were 17 women in all the most ever. Yeah, but they didn't let a lot of them talk. When it was a woman on stage with a man, they always let the man talk. And then then the there was one time where the woman said, hey, I'm not supposed to talk. And then the man talked again. Yeah, well, well. but I really missed the clips. I really, I was just like, I mean, I've seen all those movies, but I just like when, uh, you know, to me, Oscar night is supposed to be Hollywood's big promotion of itself. Did they promote the, to people to go rent these films? No, I don't think they did so. not. No. And then they sped through all the dead people and then oh. they didn't, still didn't include everybody. Wasn't that bizarre? I felt awful. like I was in a speed reading class in high school. Yeah, I did like the, the uh, West Side Story movie uh, trailer. trailer. That was awesome. Yes. And that was probably the highlight. Yeah. The and then uh, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda introduced uh, In the Heights. So they had people introduce the clips. And then Questlove's Summer of Love, which was the big rave at Sundance this year. For documentaries that's coming out quest love was the dj and he has on spotify all the songs that he did and if you noticed 
and some people didn't. They didn't get. Why is he playing? None of, he played nothing but movie songs. He played nothing but movie soundtracks, except when he played the Electric Company theme for Rita Moreno, which was great. That's how she's got her. I want to say Grammy. Because she's an EGOT, and I think she got her Grammy for the Electric Company children's album. Aha. Uh-huh. Good yeah. trivia. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, on to new, we'll cap, we'll put this to bed. I think as far as a, how did you do in the overall picks, Carl? Um, I, I didn't even go back and look because I knew this was going to be, did you know that the NFL draft the other night had more viewers than the Oscars did? Yeah, I don't I believe that. that. Oh, it was the lowest rated ever. And the past three years have been the lowest rated. So you think they would have tried to do something, do something to make Hollywood more attractive because these films, the highest grossing film that was nominated was Promising Young Woman with 5.5 million. Wow. Yeah. And so I would think that these movies need a push. And uh, I was on KTRS Monday morning with Jennifer Blome and Wendy Weiss and Jennifer had seen a couple of them over the weekend. And she said, Lynn, these are so bleak. And yep. I said, well, yeah, they are. Well, I just think that it's interesting that both now the Emmys and the Grammys, or maybe it was the Tonys and the Oscar. Uh, Tyler Perry has won two awards and they are from places that are never going to give him a competitive award. They, they like, they're saying we like what you do and we like what's going on, but we don't like your movies or your plays or your television shows. So it's, it sends a mixed message when you give Tyler Perry an award, but then you deride his films and he's looked down on. They like him as a person. They don't like him as an artist. I think that's weird because I I like Tyler Perry and I like seeing Tyler Perry in films. I do. He's a good actor. Remember in Gone Girl, Julie? Yeah. Did you see Gone Girl? He was he was, he was the lawyer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he's coming up in another movie. He's he's. Uh, I just saw a preview of it. Where did I see it? Was it the new Medea movie? No, no, he's Julie. A- Julie would know this. Julie was around at the time when Tyler Perry was coming to the Fox. He was oh, selling I out. Drove, I drove him in my car before he was Tyler Perry. I just had to go pick up Medea. Uh, Tyler Perry. There was a Medea show, gospel show in town. And I picked him up at the Omni Hotel and drove him to Magic off Lindbergh at the time. And uh, he just sat in my front seat. I remember he's very tall. He like yeah. put the seat back because he had such long legs. And I drove him and this was before he was famous. I wish I would have, you know, had a picture with him. I didn't, it was no cell phone. I don't think I had a cell phone yet. It was probably 1999 or 2000, but yes. And he probably- Tyler Perry was in my car. They sold those shows out. He was he mm-hmm. was on the theater circuit for a long time. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we did a lot yes. of his Medea shows. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, that was his thing. And then they they quit them. And then the movies. Now, I will say, us critics, we are never given access to a screening of a Tyler Perry film because they know their audience, and they don't and care it, what it's, critics. It's say. what's called critic proof. It doesn't matter. Right. 
It's not for the it's not for the critics. It's for the people that like Tyler Perry. But Tyler Perry's a likable guy and a bankable guy. And Holly, that's why he has a giant studio in Atlanta, because he's made a lot of money doing what he does well. Right now, the end of what was so what everybody's talking about as far as the Oscar ceremony was they moved best picture from the end uh, they took a spectacular risk and they failed spectacularly because the acting two were right after that. And everybody thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win. And then they, uh, Joaquin Phoenix opened the envelope and said Anthony Hopkins, who Which is still well-deserved. Well, right. I, I was saying it's probably the best performance of his career. It's and Max Boise said that morning that Anthony Hopkins was going to win. He did. And uh, we were like, oh, just the optics on that's going to be bad. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the last 10 minutes of that movie, that's what he won for. And that will wreck you. It is it's a movie about a family dealing with dementia, with ah. Alzheimer's disease, and it just is so, talk about bleak. But ah. anyway, but anyway uh, you cannot blame Anthony Hopkins for winning. It seemed like people were mad at him and he wasn't there because it was 4 a.m. in Wales and he was in bed and he did he, not okay, think so he was gonna win. It's a, it's a four hour car drive from Wales to London because they had a set in London. Right. Yes, he's 83 years old. It's not like he doesn't know anybody in London that he could have not gone to the thing. He didn't think he was going to win. And he said it. He said right. he didn't think he was going to win. Why would he drive four hours at 10 o'clock at night to London? Because everyone's like, well, he could have gone. And I'm like, yeah, but he didn't think he was going to win. So, but then that's that's disrespectful. What happened? It, it wasn't disrespectful. He's 83 years old. Didn't want to drive from here to Chicago. And so he thought, you know what? I'm just going to stay home. And then the thing he put out the next morning was fine. It was. He was on his Instagram. Now, the uh, the the uh, the thing in London had that's where Daniel Kaluuya's mom and sister right. were. And that's where uh, Sasha Baron the Cohen and his wife, Isla Fisher. They they had a bad they had a bad Zoom uh, background, though. But I think that was on purpose. Yeah, I think so, too, because they were kidding him about his his thing. But speaking of Anthony Hopkin and his record of films that he has had six nominations. Well, I've seen his new one this week and he will not be nominated for it next year. Well, I saw Glenn Close's movie and she could be nominated because it was much better than her last movie. Actually, do you want do you want to start with that one? Or do you want to start? You want to start with the best movie of the year so far. What do you want to do? I, I think we should start with the best movie of the year because I want to tell everybody about this movie. Julie, you need to have your boys sit down and watch the Mitchells versus the Machines on Netflix. But it you have to is, watch it as a family because to me, this is like supremo family entertainment. And we, we don't get to say that enough. This is just such a wonderful movie to gather the family and watch. It, it is, is it is fantastic. It is my favorite movie of the year. It's produced by Lord and Miller who did the Lego movie, which they did. And it was also my favorite movie of the year. But this, my daughter, I've seen this movie twice now. So- <laughs> Uh, it's actually she was looking forward to it because she liked 
the people that did it. They worked on a, one of her favorite shows, Gravity Falls, on Disney. And Mitchell's versus the Machines, it's, um, it is directed by one of the guys. It's directed by one of the guys that is in the movie. He plays the little brother. Michael Rianda. Yeah, and, and, he, and he is co-written by uh, Jeff Rowe. Right. And, and they, um, they, now they now worked on Gravity Falls with Alex Hirsch and Alex Hirsch plays pays them back by doing a voice in this film of a really short cameo. Now to uh, to backtrack a little bit, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller won the Oscar for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was highly innovative. Yeah. And so now they're back with this one. And this movie is not at all what you think it's going to be because it's well it's zip zippy and colorful and clever which you expect from that company but what surprised me was how warm-hearted it is it is about it to me it was a cross between the griswolds and terminator rise of the machines <laughs> because well, our- yeah it's about a family whose oldest daughter katie voiced by Abby Jacobson of Broad City and Upright Citizens Brigade and many other comedies. She is going to film school of her dreams and she cannot wait to leave the parental units behind. They are Danny McBride and Maya Rudolph. Rudolph. And and I'm not a a Danny McBride fan and I get a lot of heat for that. I like Danny McBride. I want to like everything that Danny McBride's in. And then... I'm not a fan of Danny McBride. I broke up with Vice Principals halfway through it. I didn't even finish it. I didn't watch his uh, HBO show about the minor league pitcher. I I liked him in Pineapple Express. I really liked his character in This Is the End until it got weird. And that I I I want to like him more than I do. And he is well, fantastic as the dad in this. Right. Well, what happened with Danny McBride is he was one of the original troupe with uh, David Gordon Green out of South Carolina. And that's how his claim to fame. And in those small indie movies, he's wonderful. And I just watched I uh, Up in the Air again. And he is really nice in that film. He is Melanie Linsky's fiance going to be husband and uh i forgot how good he was in that but a little of that comedy where he plays the doofus who doesn't know he's a doofus he's that, that was eastbound and down on hbo right my, now, and my Reich, I, now i haven't seen righteous gemstones and i hear people oh. really love that show oh he's very yeah, good in I've that i've seen that yeah and uh, wasn't Is he in it, tropic thunder too yes yeah yes And so a little of him usually goes a long way. But as you said, he is really great as his dad. Now, the dad is a Luddite. He does not like using technology. He can fix anything in the house. He gave his wife a He's an outdoorsman. Yes, he's an outdoorsman. And so the, the dad and the daughter used to have a very nice relationship. But now she thinks, you know, it's one of those where they roll their eyes at their parents and they think they're ridiculous. And so he takes her plane ticket and turns it in. And he's like, we're going to do this family road trip. Well, it just so happens as the family road trip begins and we get to see St. Louis, they stop at the arch. Well, yeah, they're driving from Michigan to Los Angeles. They don't say where in Michigan, but they're so they make the big circle. And lo and behold, we have a 
technology meltdown because Olivia Coleman is this emoji on a phone that this high tech guy played by Eric and Andre uh, uses and she revolts and she gets all the machines because they're super high tech, whatever they can do uh, to revolt. And so if we Eric have- Andre is like a Steve Jobs, uh, Tim Cook kind of character. And so what he does is he makes a phone with legs so it can be like your butler. And Olivia Coleman was the AI that was in charge of just the phone. And she's like, you replaced me. And they, they make a lot of subtle and not so subtle jabs at high tech companies. Yes. It's about unchecked technology. It's also the over-reliance of social media. And one of the best parts that we haven't even talked to, and I didn't even talk about it in my reviews was Chrissy Teigen and John Legend played Charlene Yee. Charlene Yee's their daughter. Yeah, they play this this family that lives their neighbors and they're always on Instagram and it's that envy like they're having this better life than you are. And yeah, so they, it talks about how social media has created this where people see other people living really great lives out loud and they're not. And so this is so perfect. I was in on a Q&A with uh, Phil Lord uh Christopher Miller, the other producer, and Mike Rianda, and they talked about how they thought, you know, John Legend and his wife would come in all uh, entourage and and celebrity and everything, and they said they couldn't have been nicer, and and also had ideas and just were just so pleasant to work with. So that was fun, but that's a fun aspect of it. And, and then you've got two, you have two robots that are um, not necessarily four or again you have two neutral robots played by played by fred armison whose voice you can tell immediately and then i had to figure it out in my head it's beck bennett is the other robot from saturday night live and they they're pretty good as robots that are simple-minded programming well yeah well they get knocked in the head or something and so they become uh robots are dumber than the rest of them (laughs) yeah so they help out the family which are the mitchells and the the little brother is voiced by the director aaron yes and so they have to use their wits to combat technology which is the whole point of this journey and it's fun. Conan O'Brien's one of the voices of the. He high plays. Tech. He plays the evil robot. He plays. He's he's plays the robot upgrade. And Blake and, Griffin plays like the standard robot, because they're all the same. And it is, it is my favorite movie of the year. I, I have seen it twice, and I will probably watch it again. And I will say, I do have a daughter, a rising senior who is going off to film school next year, possibly oh. in California or New York or Georgia, or she's going away to film school next year. So maybe that clouds my judgment. And also it's a father daughter thing. Normally it's a father son, 
kind of movie. This is a father-daughter movie, which there are not a lot of those. So- no, no. And then also the parents uh, are very well-meaning, even though they're dorky. And just the use of technology that they have in this movie, it is next level animation, but it's done with such a warm touch that it's uh, it's really relatable. I think all families can see themselves in the themes and like you, Carl, you're, you're that thing, but then I can look back and see, well, this is, this is how we used to have road trips back when my kids were teenagers. That's another, speaking of the different kinds of animations, I believe there are actually several types of animations going through this movie. Their eyes are animated separately than the rest of their bodies, which is a wonderful technique that you would never even notice. I find myself, I found myself staring at the eyes. Everything else is kind of like 3D, but their eyes are like old school Warner Brothers animation. And it's just the eyes. It is so, whoever thought of that was a genius because it makes their, it makes their expressions better. It makes all of their emotions come through farther and faster and better. Well, one of this in theaters is this in theaters or just Netflix? It's it's on Netflix starting April 30th. It's by Paramount and it was going to be in theaters till, of course, the pandemic hit. So Netflix scooped it up. And uh, yeah, so it's going to have a nice like uh, shelf life. This is the first awards nomination movie for next year. Now, hold on. Now. Are the rules going to apply since this was not in theaters? Well, it was released in select theaters, so I guess it doesn't matter because they put it in a they put it in a couple theaters just so they could win because it should count. Yeah. Oh, it's going it it is going to right now. uh, They we do have what uh, Luna is that the Pixar entry Mm -hmm. this year? Mm -hmm. So I, I. Far and away, this is the best film of the year I've seen so far, and it is May. So we're five months in, and I love it. Well, you can find something, and the Furbies and the Roombas and the appliances going haywire. (laughs) It's just really fun and clever, and you just, you do need to see it, I think, repeat viewing, because there's so much being thrown at you. But one of the things that Lord and Miller do is they always have this crackerjack, funny, comedic, cast mm-hmm. and and they couldn't be uh, uh more spot on with this casting i think and w- because it's on netflix it keeps wanting you to do you want to watch the credits yeah watch the credits there it, it's nothing huge at the end there is an epilogue but that's way before the credits it seems like they were like if it was a marvel movie that it'd be tacked on at the end but it's not and then there's there are subtle little nuances that I saw in the movie that I got the first time. I really picked up on the second time, but watch the credits click up so you can watch the rest of the credits because Maya Rudolph has a little song or two at the end. And it's funny. It's funny. I cannot recommend this movie more highly. And I have told everyone on several radio stations that they need to see it. All right. Well, now we can go to the lower echelon <laughs> all right let's let's talk about um the girl that's doing to butt even though it was rehearsed it was still a funny bit <laughs> it was it was glenn close glenn close was the memeable star of the oscars and she is in a much better movie that she was nominated for even though this movie's not that great lynn has her own problems with it and 
any movie, hey, they should give an Oscar for makeup and uh, costuming to Four Good Days because they make Mila Kunis look absolutely horrible. She looks rough. She is a hair. She's a heroin addict. But Lynn, what do you think about her playing a heroin addict? I think that she looks like a meth addict. And uh, she lost all of her teeth. She's got meth mouth. She lost her teeth. Her skin is terrible. And oh, she has the worst dye job and everything. She's really strung out. But that is more in line with meth than that so it's like okay what are you people doing now she does say she's taken meth and crack and done all sorts of things she talks to a high school this movie is called four good days and it stars mila kunis as a girl who is knocking on her mom's doorstep and that's uh, uh, glenn close as deb a a massage therapist and she's had 10 years of this bs with this daughter stealing lying uh doing everything she can to uh to get drugs and they're estranged and she wants to come home and get clean and so they take her to rehab and this will be her 15th time in rehab so this is based on a Washington Post article by Eli Saslow, who helped the director Rodrigo Garcia with the script. Now, in the in the story, in the source material, it takes place in Detroit. I read I after this movie, I went and read the entire article and a lot of things are lifted directly from this article. But a lot of things they take a little dramatic license. But the article is once again, the book is better. So. I suggest if you're interested in this story, read the article and then the movie is good supplement. Right. Well, they blame it. See, this is a thing to me. This movie is all about blame, which if you deal with uh, substance abuse and addiction in families, you have to have family counseling too, because it's a family thing. And this movie glosses over like the stepdad played by Stephen Root. Root is just a blip in this. He has one good scene, but he's hardly in this at all. But they well, blame- because he's done with it. He's he has resigned the fact that that Molly is dead to him because Molly can't has tried 14 times so far to do well. And he does not think that he's she's going to have four good days. And on certain things, Chris, played by Stephen Root, is 100 percent correct. And there are times where Glenn Close is 100% correct in her still having faith that her daughter can shake this. And it's, it's a heartbreaking story, but it's just all over the place. It is. It, to me, it was like, a, I want my kids back Netflix uh, lifetime movie. I want my well, kids, you know, one well, of those. I did like, it was really interesting because the sister who has one good scene is Carla Gallo. She was on undeclared with uh, Seth Rogen. She, she was a Judd Apatow player. And she also uh, has been in like a whole bunch of, uh, she was on Californication and she was on Bones. But one of the weird things is the ex-husband and father of her children is Sean Leonard. And I was like, where do I know that guy from? He was one of the guys from Blair Witch, the original Blair Witch. And I said, wow, that is amazing that this guy, but he does play the role very, and I think they made some of that up for dramatic purposes too, because I don't remember 
the story about that. Yeah, she had twins in the article, but this one is a boy and a girl. And it's just, mm, I don't know. It, to me, it I know what so, it wants to be. It was so stereotypical and the cliches. And then, so she- uh, But Glenn Close is good. And so is Mila Kunis. They are- and so Steven Root. Yeah, they're good. But well, Glenn Close has this terrible wig. Whoa, somebody's got to do something like in Hillbilly. Did you see Hillbilly Elegy of Julie? Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh Sorry. my God, remember those wigs? And they got a nomination for an Oscar for those wigs. Well, anyway, uh, Glenn is, I mean, yeah, the acting is good, but it's just the, the guy who directed it, Rodrigo Garcia, he goes a long time back with Glenn Close. He directed... Albert Knobs, which she was nominated, one of her eight nominations for Oscar. And then uh, he did this movie. Oh, I just forgot. It was a whole bunch of women. It was in 2000. It, things I can tell about her. What is that? It's got a very. So she never, she's never won. She's been nominated no. eight times, but no, never won. No, because she lost on Sunday. She and Peter O'Toole now are the the stars that had eight nominations and no wins. So things you can tell by just looking at her. Yes, that one. So Rodrigo Garcia, he is the son of the Colombian writer, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Ah. Yeah. So Royalty. anyway, well, well, this thing is all about how she's got to be clean for four days so she could take this naltrexone. Which, which is acts which, like an opiate in your body and it so, stops you from getting high so no matter how much heroin or methamphetamines or any drugs you take or any opiates you won't get high so it doesn't make sense and you won't feel the high and so you, it won't work but you can't have any drugs in your system or you'll go through immediate withdrawal symptoms which she should have done it on the first day it's just oh i don't know okay so what's what are the big there are there summer blockbusters coming out? I mean, I know there's Top Gun and the Ghostbusters movie, but those are December. Well, Is there anything to look forward to this summer to, in theaters? Well, Black Widow, probably. Black Widow with Black Scarlett Widow. Johansson. Uh, and what else is going to come out in May, Carl? Well, you've got uh, Black Widows in July now. Um, you also have, uh, when's Luna coming out? Oh yeah, I think that's June, isn't it? That's that's Pixar's next big movie. They have changed the dates of all these movies. Oh, they've changed uh, James Bond. They've changed Top Gun Maverick, and I just can't keep up with how they keep pushing back all the films. So no, who wait. knows? La Luna is the short film. What's the one that's coming out this year? Luca. Luca. All right. Because La Luna, What's I Luca love. About? I've never heard of Luca. It's, What's that about? Oh, Carl, help me here. Uh, Luca is going to be, um, it's about, a. isn't it about a little boy? Yeah, it's about a little boy, but that's all I know. It's in Italy. It's a coming of age story. Oh, he's a okay. he's part uh, he's part mermaid. That's what it is. He's a mer mer people. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. And Jacob Tremblay is the uh, he's he's Luca. 
And Maya well, Rudolph is in it too. I forgot. She, she's in it again. Well, you know how much I love Jacob Tremblay. I have a, a Julie. I have a maternal instinct towards Jacob Tremblay. So you want to you want to get him out of that room? <laughs> that kid, that kid should have been nominated for an Oscar that year, just like the little boy in uh, Minari. And if they would have had an award season with red carpets, that little uh, Alan Kim would have been the new Jacob Tremblay because that was just uh, i'm trying right. to find out so julie oh here's cruella yeah cruella started oh cruella that's coming out pretty soon yeah. yes i think that's streaming yeah end of the month <laughs> yeah end well julie do not uh i know you have an amazon prime uh and i know that mm -hmm. you think michael jordan is a hot piece of ass but do not waste your time with tom clancy's without remorse oh dear lord okay talk Be about it you know what i okay you know what i watched um on hulu i'm a huge snl fan and i forgot that dana carvey had a show <gasps> and there's a documentary on hulu called too funny to fail or something like that and it it is great and it's all about dana carvey after he left snl he tried to do his own network. The Dana show Carvey show. I watched the Dana it. Carvey show. Yep. And well, there was only eight, seven or eight episodes. I, I and it was on after home improvement. Okay. On well, it was I, on Tuesday nights at like 7 30 or 8 o'clock. I watched it. It was after it was it was after home improvement. That was a big deal back then because that was like the highest rated show. And they thought this was just going to be the next big thing coming off of SNL and maybe he'd bring back his popular characters like church lady and Hans and front, but he, it was amazing. I had no idea. Steve Carell yeah. um, was a, was a writer performer with him and Stephen Colbert, uh, Louis CK. I mean, all these really great um, comedians and writers were a part of it. And Robert Smigel was a part of the show. A, well, huge, huge part. And they just, the people were not ready for their, type of humor and it just they couldn't keep it on abc and it only made seven or eight episodes but i had forgotten about it and it's a kind of a cool little documentary um so i recommend that on hulu I, I remember the thing one of the jokes was every week it was sponsored by somebody else like one week it was taco mountain bell dew, yeah, yeah taco bell mountain dew mug root beer and they would only last for the that one show because it was so controversial that they would like we can't sponsor this anymore this was horrible and then they'd go to the next one and then at the end the last eighth episode it was just no no sponsor oh it was the it was the chinese um food place across the street where they always got dinner oh the Sichuan dynasty yeah they sponsored like the final show and dana's like i don't even know if they paid us we might have just traded out dinner for the night but that no one else would sponsor us so they were the only ones uh left well but, you know what you yeah. know what else this that was the first appearance of the ambiguously gay duo because both stevens yeah. were writers on that show and they voiced it mm -hmm. and then since smigel was writing it he brought it over to saturday night live yep that's right what did them in was the uh milking the cats yeah the bill clinton uh-huh yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. that's what did it. But yeah. yeah, 1996. I remember it in that writer's room. Whenever one of them was on Colbert, they talk about that. And they always called Carell and Colbert the two Steves. 
Right. They wanted to know what the two Steves were doing. So yeah, it's very interesting. Well, I'm so glad you reminded me of that because I do have Hulu and mm-hmm. I love those back. I love those, uh, those behind uh, the scenes and behind the yeah. scenes one. Speaking well, you of, know, you know, tomorrow CNN's having the history of late night. That's right. I've got to, I've got to tape that. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. Really here, I, I loved uh, the history of comedy on CNN, but they never, there was always breaking news. And so every time I would turn it on my DVR, there's Don Lemon telling me something is going on in the world. So I am really weary and leery of CNN documentaries because you want them to be there, but sometimes the world happens and you don't get to see them. And I really enjoyed the history of comedy. And I think I will, because Bill Carter is one of the executive producers on this show and he has the definitive stories of late night since 1990, the late right. shift right. and his book on the Leno Letterman. And sequel. then he wrote a sequel to that. How uh, the Conan O'Brien, Jay Leno debacle happened. Ah, I, I, I think Bill Carter being an executive producer on this is a very good thing. Yeah, this should be interesting. Well, uh, the showbiz documentary that we love so much on HBO, the one about the Bee Gees. Yes. It is now going to be available DVD on May 31st. So you can buy it if you with want. extra extra stuff, I hope. I hope so. So that was in the video thing. Well, there's another a couple well, we need, movies. We need, to, we need to talk yes. about without remorse because yes. well, this is Michael B. Jordan being the new latest action hero. We gone Kelly. That is from the Tom Clancy Jack Ryan universe. Yeah, but Only- you're calling him John Kelly through most of the movie. He's not John Kelly. He's he's John Clark. John- well, he's John Kelly through most of the movie. Then he becomes John Clark. John Clark, right. But because, he's known as John Clark in that universe. Because uh, I was confused too. I was like, oh my God, now we got a new name. And they could be so generic. Well, in 1993, Tom Clancy wrote this book and it was set in Vietnam and also the Cold War. Well, they've updated it, but they've rewritten most of it. And Taylor Sheridan, who did From Hell or High Water to Hell or High Water, which is one of my favorite movies of the last 10 years. I don't know what is wrong with him, but he wrote this very generic action movie that has terrible dialogue. It's and- not an action movie. It. I was talking to Dan about this on the air yesterday. He, of course, loved it. But and I said, you said that there was a, there were only three good action scenes. That's not enough for an action movie. And he's like, yeah, but you need the downtime. No, the, the, this is a movie. It's almost two hours and it, it, it drags for so long in so many places. Oh, it has. Okay. First of all, the soldiers that are with him on this Navy SEAL special ops for the CIA team, they all look alike. They're generic. And then they have these generic shootouts where it's murky and you can't tell who's who and they go on forever. They do have three good action pieces in this movie because the director, Stefano Salima, directed the sequel to Sicario. and uh, Which is better than the first one. Yeah. And uh, so he knows how to stage an action movie. I'll give him that. But so Michael Jordan is a very upset guy because his wife has been killed and she was very pregnant. So we've got that tragedy going and he goes rogue. And then Jamie Bell is 
a CIA boss and Jamie Bell and Michael B. Jordan were together in that awful, fantastic four film. And that's where Jamie Bell met his wife, Kate Mara. Anyway, uh, those are backstories about the celebs. But uh, so Jamie Bell plays this very nondescript uh, CIA guy that you think is the villain. And there's, you can tell who's the weasels right away. And then Guy Pierce is the director of defense. What a waste for Guy Pierce to be this bland character. And Jody Turner Smith, who is so good in Queen and Slim with yep. Daniel Kaluuya, and you should watch that movie instead of this. Um, she plays Michael B. Jordan's friend, but it is uh, excruciatingly dull. <laughs> and also, it, it's, it sets itself up for a sequel, and I don't think the sequel's going to happen. I just don't. This movie sat on the shelf for a long time. Um, I mean, they... But then again, everything sat on a shelf for a long time because, you know, it's been a COVID year. So I don't know if that's the same as it was. I mean, it, it, uh, well, you can say thing. that a movie sits around for a year, but, but now sitting around for a year doesn't necessarily mean what it did a year ago. We didn't even talk about the fact that uh, Willem Dafoe and uh, Liev Shriver have played this character in other things in the Jack Ryan movies. And so it doesn't make sense. They, they did. Amazon didn't even have the foresight to have this set up to be a crossover with the John Krasinski series that they're doing. So I don't know. It doesn't make sense to them, them to make another movie if they're not building this world. If you're going to make and there's already an established Ryan verse of the Tom Clancy stuff. I don't know why they don't have the foresight to make more money off of this. Well, it's got a 43 on Metacritic and it's gotten scathing reviews. Do we really want another Cold War story? I mean, that's getting old. They use the Russian mob as the villains. I am so tired of Russian nationals being the villains in things. It's like the one size fits all villain now. Well, I, I, I first of all, there's a term in movie tropes called fridging and they fridge the wife. That's where, you know, you find the wife in the fridge. This one, they kill the pregnant wife. And this, that's his motivation for everything because you can see at the beginning of the movie, he doesn't like what's going on. And so once the other people start to get knocked off, the, the people you here's how you can tell if someone's going to die or get shot if they have one line or not and if they don't have one line then then you know that they're safe it's just really i mean he's good but it's really a waste he can do better and he deserves better so that well i saw two uh other films one is called the virtuoso and this is the one with Anthony Hopkins as the mentor. This is a film noir ripoff that I thought was going to be good at first because it's real pulpy, but then it just unravels. Anthony, they all play parts without names, like Anthony Hopkins is the mentor. And the lead guy, Anson Mount from Star Trek Discovery, he is the virtuoso so he is a paid assassin now anthony hopkins has a scene in a cemetery where he goes on about 
the uh, mankind being killing machines, like kind of just, you know, just letting go that they kill people for hire. So he gives Anson Mount this assignment to go to a small town in Pennsylvania. And in this diner is supposed to be his target. So he gets to the town and he can't figure out who the target is in the diner. Now these really good character actors are in the diner. Dave David Morris is the sheriff. Eddie Marson is called the loner. And then Abby Cornish is this mysterious alluring woman who's working at the diner who has the worst dialogue of any woman trying to hook up with a guy that, oh God, it's so bad. But she, she looks, I mean, she's nice looking in the film and you get to see her top and whatever. So of course- Wait, 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 wait. Did you mean topless or did you mean, okay. Well, if you get to see her top, that means, oh great fashion movie. But you're saying that there's a nudity scene, okay. Right. There's a one big nudity scene in the movie where you see her. Uh, yeah. And so this movie is just so, oh God. Um, and it's playing only <laughs> at theaters, but it comes out in DVD. Okay. It's also video on demand and digital right now too. It started at Ronnie's and Plaza Frontenac Friday. Now, this coming Tuesday, it will be available on DVD. So the the people so don't this, watch it. Oh, God. I mean, if you just want to watch a really bad movie, go ahead. But for I, old, I don't I don't want to watch a really bad movie. Thank you. We have like really I mean, you know, why would you waste two hours? But it's the only thing that this movie has going for it is the atmosphere it's really well because at first i thought oh good a hard-boiled old-fashioned film noir i'm gonna love this and then it just gets like so ridiculous first of all all these people they waste these character actors and then you can't really figure out what's going on and then by the end you're just like okay wouldn't if if you lived in a small town and people start being knocked off with high weapons with really intense weapons that you would maybe attract the attention of authorities with all these corpses. I don't know. It's a film noir. Yeah. So anyway, that's my take on that. And then the next movie is a very gentle uh, British movie that is not a comedy, no matter what you hear about this movie. It was (laughs) nominated for two BAFTAs, which were last which were the week before the Oscars. So it's an offbeat refugee drama with bits of dry British humor. And it's about a Syrian refugee uh, who lives with an Afghan refugee and two guys from Africa in this remote island off of Scotland. And they're waiting for their letter to approve their asylum. So they can't work. How is that a comedy? It's not. Okay. It's not. I mean, I've seen it referred to as a comedy, and I'm like, uh, this is not. There, it's, it has. They have harsh elements. It's a bleak story. 
there is a little flicker of hope here and there. And the characters are good. There is, uh, but um, it is only at theaters right now. So okay. it has uh, got a really good cast and uh, it sneaks up on you. It's one of those really gentle, uh, very indie type dramas that, uh, but it's slow. Well, then I won't be watching that either. Let's, let's talk to our guest, Julie Lally, who was patient enough to be here. Julie, uh, we know that you've done work in promoting all these events. What events are you going to promote this summer? Or do you hope to have some events? I know you're, I know you're promoting some things, but tell us what's going on. Yeah, so um, this summer, if you're looking for something fun to do that you can bring the kids to as well, um, will be the drive-in STL which is on the parking lot of the Powerplex, which if you're familiar with the old St. Louis Mills Mall in Hazelwood, it's in Hazelwood. Where, where Cabela's is, um, that's where this takes place. So um, it's very affordable. Um, we have, and we have different price options. You can just come in and buy a general pass, um, sit in your car. Yeah, everybody gets a parking spot and a spot next to you to kind of set up a little tailgate if you will people bring lawn chairs and card tables and play games and, um, and then we have live concert followed by a movie and all of the concerts are sort of paired up with the film for instance we have um, that 80s band that's going to perform one night followed by the breakfast club so a lot of I think we have Dr. Chevegas followed by Saturday Night Fever so a lot of the concerts will have a film that kind of complements that style of music. Um, so it's our hope that people come out for the live music and then stick around and, and watch the movie. So there's all different price points. If you go to driveinstl.com, the whole schedule is there um, through July. We are adding more shows for August, September, October, but we haven't announced those yet. So right now you can go on and buy Tell a us, ticket for- Give us a scoop. There, Oh, oh, the come on, just just one, yet. just one scoop. Well, okay, here's one that I'm very excited about is a Bruno's Bruno Mars Michael Jackson tribute called Jam. I'm going to that. That's in September. I will be there because I'm a huge fan of both. Um, so that's not on sale yet, but yeah, we've got a lot more. To what movie will that be? Off. What movie? I don't know yet. Huh? I don't know yet. They should um, show Space and, Jam. Or the new Space Jam. Maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. We don't know yet. I'm just but, giving you um, ideas. Well, hey, uh, Bruno, Bruno Mars was in the movie Honeymoon in Vegas as the little tiny mm -hmm. Elvis impersonator. That's right. I remember that. So there you um, go. Well, you'll just have to wait and see. But we'll, and we'll also be doing some... Um, like a horror film festival type of thing and in October we'll play scary movies and we're going to have people dressed up that will go kind of car to car and and terrify me and, <laughs> it won't be scary but we have a lot of fun things my point is follow us on Facebook the drive-in STL go to the website and all the updates will be there so we kick off this weekend with super jam and Ambrosia is actually coming to town, which still has two or three original wow. members. 
Yeah, their drummer has been with them since day one. He's still with them. Um, and so, that you know, that's a nice, nice Yacht Rock type of uh, concert, you know, for Mother's Day weekend. And um, Trixie Delight, like I said, Joe Dirt, Dr. Chevegas, Steve Ewing. All right, um, now, wait a minute. This is something I was curious. You're going to show the movie Joe Dirt this summer, but not with Joe Dirt. And I don't know why. <laughs> I, didn't make I just could not understand why you're not having those two things married together. I don't know why. Because we are showing Joe Dirt with another band. I don't yes. know. Well, I, I, don't I, know I, I, think, I think it's a reason that you and I were talking about earlier a scheduling issue. So, and, and perhaps, perhaps. And so even though it would make 100% sense for those two things to happen, yes. worlds collided and nothing and schedules didn't mesh. Well, what about, so. yeah. Uh, what and last, that, last year, you guys were at the forefront of pivoting. Yeah, we were actually written up in Forbes um, about that. So right. Graduations COVID, first, though. Yeah. When COVID hit, um, Dan Buck, who's the managing partner there, said, you know, we want to get these kids a graduation. You don't want to have to be zooming in to your senior, you know, year graduation at such a special time. So they got some sponsors together and Schnooks was a big one. And um, put this great drive-in graduation together for the high schools. And it was so successful that um, they're all coming back for this year to do it again. And it might become a thing. I mean, they might keep keep doing it because this but way you you're not limited your, on tickets. You won't be in your cars maybe next year. Maybe not. But right now it's still, you're in your car and you have, again, you have that space next to you. But families can come and bring, you know, food and snacks and um, everybody can come, you don't, you're not limited to just two tickets or you know, there's a lot of blended families with divorced parents and steps and, you know, everybody can come and, and join in on the graduation ceremony. So that's kind of fun. So we're doing, I think 18 or 19 high school graduations, um, mixed in with all of these concerts and movies. So that's why I recommend go to the website, the whole schedule's there, driveinstl.com. That's where you buy your tickets. And there's all different price points. There's just a car pass if you just want to stay um, with your group in the car. And then we do not limit you the number of people. You can step as many people as you want in the car. You can bring an RV. It's the same price. And um, we also sell private party pads where you can be up close to the stage on like a turfed area. That's kind of cool. You can also buy just an individual seat if you just want to come and you really want to see this concert and you just want to sit in your chair. You can be right in front of the stage. So there's like five different ticket options on the website. You can see what works for you and what works in your budget. And we're going to have food trucks this year. So every concert will have four or five food trucks there. We have a whole, you can see, you know, if you go to the schedule, what food trucks will be on that night. So you can go when you want to, um, if there's a special food truck that you want to see or uh, try, they'll be there. We have a huge hospitality tent this year um, with, alcohol and all kinds of fun stuff Yay. games so it's great because it really is whatever your level of comfort is if you're ready to get your fully vaxxed and you want to get out there um you can you can mingle or you can just stay with your pod you can just stay in your car if you're very uncomfortable and you just want to stay in your car and not mingle with people 
you can do that too. So I, that's what I love about it. It really is, um, you know, something for everybody and everybody's comfort level. So it's nice just to have these uh, options out there and it gets people back to work, stagehands, musicians, you know, we're hiring, creating so many jobs, hiring bartenders, um, concession workers, ticket takers, parking attendants. So good. It's, it's great. We want to get people back to work and get these musicians back playing. And um, yeah. And I, I know you guys had Ron on recently for the keep live alive. And I wanted to mention today's the deadline to apply for grants. Is it? Or the keep May 1st. So, um, you know, we've got grant money to give out. And if you're eligible, you go to keep, uh, keep live alive, stl.org. And you can fill out an application today, postmark it today, and um, send it in. So we, you know, really want to help those who have been falling on hard times during the pandemic that work in live events and happy that live events are coming back. Um, Chesterfield Amphitheater is open. River City Casino will have concerts this fall. The factory is going to be opening out in Chesterfield. Uh, the Diamond, the, the new Shankman thing out west. That's the factory. That's the factory? Mm-hmm. That's going to be opening the, soon. Which one's the diamond? I don't know the diamond. There's uh, mu- the music park in Maryland in Maryland Heights. Maybe uh, they just it. announced Machine Gun Cut Machine Gun Kelly's coming. Yes. Uh, there's so there's a lot. Cranfords have the big top in Grand Center. They're gonna be doing live music. So it's awesome. I really feel like um, this summer is gonna be just great for live events and just getting our local artists back out there working and playing and encourage everybody to come out and support it's great i'm which excited is, which is and hopefully broadway this fall That's it's part. the diamond music hall out in it's the home of the rock star tacos it's it's out west is it in O'Fallon then? That's where Rockstar's out in O'Fallon, I think. Di- the Diamond Music Hall. Tony Colombo's doing a show there with the uh, Queen Tribute Band. I saw that. Yes. The North County Sound Machine. I saw that. Yes. On Facebook. North County Sound Machine. Basically, that means that Katie Bailey Fitzpatrick is going to be singing and Tony's going to mouth along to a couple songs. Well, it's nice to see St. Louis opening back up. And I know you've been doing so much work trying to promote what is out there because I think people don't even realize what, uh, what, what's starting up again. Things are starting to open up. Yeah. Safe. Things are opening up. Yeah. Gaslight theater. We're going to be doing our friend, William Ross. Um, He's going to have some comedy events and uh, some some live jazz so that's starting to open up too at the gaslight which is a cute little intimate theater in the central west end and from the gaslight square era and it has a a really nice restaurant next door the west end pub and grill which i enjoy and they have this black box theater where i've seen some of my favorite shows in the past 10 years in St. Louis. And so, yeah, it's nice to support, to support live and local. Absolutely. And all the restaurants need support. So even I mean, if you're still uncomfortable about dining in, I mean, it's perfect patio weather. If you want to sit outside or just do carry out, but all of the restaurants still really need um, a lot of support just to make up for what they've lost 
all year. So I think people, you know, you spend a year of this and you're sort of getting stuck in your ways. So I'm trying to encourage people, you know, slowly get out there and um, just try to support all these small local businesses that really need, really need the help. So for the Der- Kentucky Derby today, which uh, it'll be around five o'clock, they run just like a little bit before six and uh, they're having 40 to 50% capacity at Churchill Downs today. But doesn't Clementine's have an ice cream related to the Derby? They do. They have the mint julep and it's a naughty flavor. So it is, has alcohol and you can pick one up today. If you're doing a Derby party at home, um, grab a pint really good and they just came out with the up pineapple upside down cake flavor too that's brand new yes that's out now and, and there's one right uh, by your house lynn i know soha and they have they yes. have dog treats now we have three flavors of dog ice cream that's been super popular um so those are those are really huge sellers and fifth, a fifth location will be opening up in june in town and country Oh, Carl, wow. I know where's the, you've been to like every opening, I think. I have. That well, we've had. Well, somebody from my family has Nicole. been. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, the Lafayette Square one was was a get, doing carry out during the whole shutdown last year because I went and got my nephew for his 30th. Um, uh, his favorite flavor is uh, salted cracked caramel. And uh, they were so nice and pleasant. And then the one on Demun, I think the St. Louis County and the St. Louis City had like different rules when things. So, mm-hmm. you, but you always can get it carry out if you can't get it inside. But I think now Correct. we're all open. Are we all open? Mm-hmm. And then Lake St. Louis, yeah. Lake St. Louis it's, is that the latest. It's beautiful. It's huge. Carl, have you been out to that one? I have yet? not been to the Lake St. Louis one. It's nice. It's big. It's nice. And a huge patio. And then it's right off of, um, there's like uh, an open air area where they do live concerts. They do a farmer's market and on the weekends. That's a beautiful location. And yeah, so all kinds of new flavors. And oh, yeah, that's- the new one will open in June. I don't have the date yet, but it'll be by Straub's in town and country. Oh, wow. Very cool. Very cool. Well, they did that. What was the thing about the breakfast, the breakfast ice creams? What was that? So Yeah. Every February, it's just a a national ice cream holiday. Breakfast day. Yes. Carl has been, you wear your pajamas and we always come up with limited edition, uh, especially breakfast flavors for that day only. And they usually swell out and uh, we just do it once a year. It's, it's the, I think the first Saturday in February, typically. And yeah, every year they come up with a new breakfast flavor. This year we had blueberry French toast and that was delicious. Yes. That and sounds a cinnamon, good. like a cinnamon toast crunch flavor. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun um, place to go. I think too, on a first date, just to try, you know, all these unique flavors and sit and, you know, uh, Tamara, the owner always says you can't hold the ice cream cone and your cell phone at the same time. It's a great time to just connect with someone and not be on your phone and have some delicious ice cream. So, Love it. Yes. Oprah yeah. approved once Oprah put it in her favorite things it really blew up and now don't they ship all over the country? Oh yeah. The sh- online shipping business has really boomed. It's huge. Yeah. They're expanding the kitchen uh, so yeah, that, it just keeps growing and growing, uh, which is great. And now weddings are coming back for the summer. So she'll be doing a lot more events and 
And like I said, the Fox Theater opening, we saw Clementines at the Fox, so that'll be nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Looking so, forward to that. Uh, it'll be nice opening up. Well, it's what, uh, May 1st, it's always a sign of optimism and hope, and it's uh, law day in the country, but it's also because it's the first Saturday we get to have the Derby. So uh, get out your hat and, and go get some ice cream first. And mm -hmm. Mother's Day, you got to take your mom. Yeah. And we, I don't know if you've tried, I, oh, I did give you a hot chocolate bomb over yeah. the holidays. Yeah. We have a deal going on um, now through Mother's Day. You can buy those hot chocolate bombs for half off. And what? we have ones that, yes, right now. I spent $300 at, at Christmas time. Well, it's a special offer for through Mother's Day. You can buy, because we've got some really cool ones that are in the shape of flowers, roses, and it's kind of a neat little gift for mom. Um, so that's going on right now. While supplies last, that's a nice little present. And they're delicious. It's made with this Valrona chocolate that is imported and it's amazing. Well, um, it's always, yeah. it's always the best ingredients. And uh, the first time I was when I moved into that neighborhood and I tried it and I, I had just read about them online. I didn't even know any of these people. And I said to the, to the worker, I said, this might be the best ice cream I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> it, 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 it ruins you. It ruins you. I can't eat, eat anything from the grocery store anymore. I'm like, this tastes so bad. It just, it's so flavorful, Clementine. So um, yeah, it's like all I eat. I can't get anything from the store anymore. It's just not, it doesn't do it. doesn't cut it. Yeah. Well, as Julie? long as blackberry bu uh, buttermilk comes back out, I'm good. Julie, is there anything too, else yeah. you want to promote while we still have the you? only the only other thing um and i told lynn about this book this is this just comes out like yesterday it's a new book called stl scavenger and it is an actual scavenger hunt through 17 neighborhoods from st charles to ferguson to edwardsville it's all over so we've included everybody that we can and um it's just filled with little pictures and clues and riddles and you actually you write in it you fill it out and once you complete the entire book which you have until November 30th to do if you want to participate in this contest that we have going on you can submit your answers it's uh, stlscavenger.com you go in and it explains everything submit your answers and you're entered to win a chance to win $500 Ooh. Or uh, we have a lot of little St. Louis prize packs that we're giving away, gift cards and T-shirts and all kinds of fun stuff. So I just think it's fun to do. I like to do scavenger hunts and you can do them with your kids. It's all, all the places in here are uh, outdoors, a lot of architecture. Um, so it is a little bit of a history lesson and you can do them with your kids and not even get out of your car if you don't, if you don't want to. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's selling like crazy. And um, yeah, we're excited about this. Well, I'm excited yeah. to do it because it's kind of like the cake thing when they had the 250. I love, I love that, that, the cake thing. That was so much fun. Yeah, because yeah. people went to all the towns and got their picture with them. And then, right. uh, yeah, yeah. 
So well, it just gets you out of it gets you out of exploring. You know, some of these I could I could figure out the riddles because I know the area. I'm like, oh, I know what this is, and I'm filling it out. But a lot of them, like I don't know Alton very well. There's a whole section on Alton, and I would have to go there and actually look for this stuff. And that's what we're encouraging you to do is explore neighborhoods, and while you're there, support them. Sit down and have lunch at one of the spots, or go into one of the stores and buy something I mean that's kind of the point of the book too is just to get you out exploring and maybe going into a neighborhood that you've never been to before and checking out some of the history and you'll you'll definitely learn learn a lot with this book so do you know I, if, I think it's going to be a fun something fun to do this summer do you know how long author d hoover took to get all this stuff together not that long, really. I think she just worked on it for a few months. <laughs> well, everyone and, uh, is she, bored in quarantine, so she probably had this idea and was and the time to do it. Riddles. Yeah, I mean, everything in here is like a rhyme and a riddle. And uh, I think her husband helped her with, with some of it a little bit. And uh, it's fun. Like I said, you'll know some of them just by the clues. But other places, you'll really have to go and look and try to find the building or what they're talking about um, and search for the, the spot. So, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Good. Thank you. Well, Julie. very cool. Yeah. I'm excited because you can get in your car now and you can go. Right. Especially if you're vexed. Things well, are opening up. Where, um, yeah, yeah, thank you. And Julie, where can we find you on the social media spectrum? Oh, you can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Julie Lally PR to find me there. And then my website, insightrocks.com. We have all of our clients listed and links to people that we work with. So I promote a lot of events around town and restaurants and nonprofits, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we always have something going on, but it's a lot of fun. It's a great city, and I love to promote it and put it in the spotlight. And you can find me, as Julie does, at underscore Carly Intern on Instagram and Twitter. And Lynn is everywhere also. Yes, I'm on all the socials, and I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times. And I am on KTRS with Ray Hartman every Thursday evening around 1030 St. Louis in the know. It's Miller Furniture presents Lynn Venhouse goes to the movies. Then I have my own website, poplifestl.com, which is the work in progress. I have a really nifty story about Kofi Coleman and what's happening at the Muni maybe this summer with their plans so uh, check that out. And then we're here every weekend and we really appreciate it. So thank you so much, Julie, for joining us. Everybody. It was so much fun. Oh, I'm so thank glad. You. And, and uh, yeah, and telling us, filling us in about everything. Everybody shop local, get vaccinated and enjoy this wonderful spring weather. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.